the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by professional better Raheem Palmer, who thinks that Clay Thompson is dead and buried before he goes off and leads the Warriors in a comeback. Rob, will you please say that I'm never going to make a million dollars? Just please say I'm never going to make a million dollars so that I can get that shit to come true. Look, I'm a kiss of death. Sometimes I'm tweeting my laptop to the game, and then for whatever reason, it just flips on his head. It happens to me so many times. Nuggets fans actually have a catchphrase they want me to say. Every time I say the Nuggets are cooked, they come back and win. They're like, they're seriously, I think, like 675 and 123 when I do this. So, which is impressive because I haven't actually covered that many Nuggets games. But still, that's like how that goes. Brandon Anderson, NBA Futures Analyst, is here with us. Uh, Brandon is uh, anxiously awaiting. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. Tonight's KU-UNC matchup. He's got KU plus 450 grabbed at halftime. Brandon, the Lakers might be done. Duke's done. It's all coming up. Brandon, except for the teams you actually root for. Hey, man, the Timberwolves and the Bulls are going to make the playoffs for like the second time in history in the same year. So I got my Carolina blue on riding that victory over Duke. Coach K is gone. This is a good year for me. I got a Duke friend. I have a friend that went to UNC and he's a Duke fan. Oh. Yeah. And he is certifiably the worst person in the world. Love him. One of my my good friends, but he is the worst. And boy, he did not take that loss well. (laughs) But we are not here to talk about college and the amateurs. Um, As my infamous tweet said, somebody asked me once why the NBA wasn't playing games the day of the national championship. And I said, because two groups of children are getting together to miss jumpers. No, no, we're here to talk about the NBA. (laughs) This is the big picture, but we're going to start with tip off. We go around the league and the biggest stories in the NBA and how to bet them. Let's go ahead and get started. On Sunday, the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Lakers in L.A. as chants rang out in Staples Center for Nikola Jokic, MVP. Never thought I'd see the day. But more importantly, the Lakers, after the Spurs win, their tragic number is two. One more Spurs win, one more Lakers loss, and it's donezo. Two more Lakers losses, donezo. Two more Spurs wins, donezo. And the Lakers are going home for the summer. I cannot believe we are here. Brandon Anderson, you have come on this program and you have said time and time again, let me talk you to the Lakers. Let me make the case for the Lakers. And it was half because you saw value and because you're used to the NBA history, which is if you bet on the Lakers blindly in NBA history, you're going to make a lot of money. And two, a little, little, little bit of a reverse jinx action in there. But let me ask you now, this is a crazy number considering they where they were to start the season to win the title. The Los Angeles Lakers on April 4th are plus 1,600 to make the playoffs. Not win the whole damn thing. 1,600 to get in. I ask you, sir. Is there value at 16 to one? Absolutely not. We are done. (laughs) We're fried. We're cooked. It's over. The Pelicans loss this weekend was the end of the Lakers season. 
that was a, you win that game. You got Anthony Davis back in the court. You, you got LeBron. You win that game and maybe, maybe things are still looking okay. Like the value was that there was no team coming for them in the plan. So if they just stayed top 10, got Anthony Davis back, and then it's the play-in, now you got LeBron in the winner-take-all. Obviously, you can't even beat the Pelicans on a Saturday night, so maybe that was a flawed plan anyway. But the Spurs came, and the Spurs are going to be the reason that the Lakers are not in the playoffs, you know, other than Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. They can be reasons, too. LeBron had a nice Sunday watching from the sidelines. I know you like that, Matt. We got four Lakers games left. I think the only story left to tell is which games LeBron is going to deign himself to play. He's got to play two more in order to win the scoring title. He's at 30.3 right now. He's a tenth of a point up on Embiid and another tenth on Giannis. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to be playing that OKC Thunder game. Seems like a nice one to put up some big points. They're going to get that win. Probably play against the Warriors. That's a nice one to get some points. Yeah, this, this is done. The Spurs have a tough schedule, but it doesn't matter. The Lakers aren't winning the rest of their games. Four and 16 since the All-Star break, 12 of those losses by seven or more points. If I was LeBron, I would play up that sprained ankle too. We're done. Sprained Look, man, if I have a, a cold, I'll be like, oh, I can't rest. Yeah, I don't feel good. If my wrist's a little sore with the carpet tone, I'm like, oh, no, I, I got to take a rest. I got to take it easy, okay? I don't get paid $30 million a year. How is the greatest player of all time, arguably, how is he being like, oh, my team has a chance to make the playoffs. Mm, no, my ankle's not right. Not a back. No, no. If it was a back, I'd be like, hey, can't do anything about that. You can't move, right? If it was a groin, okay, hey, can't do anything. That's They can't move. Foot injury. That could get really bad. Like, you could actually exas- exacerbate things, and that could set you back for the whole offseason. And ankle, bro? Yeah. You're not going to tape that up and go? Really? Really, Goat? Really? Yeah. So, so yeah. the Lakers the Lakers have not won consecutive games since the first week of January. In order to make the actual playoffs, the eight-team bracket, they need to win five of the next six. Woo-hoo. They have to win at least three of these four and both playing games, and and the Spurs would have to go 0-4 just for that to accommodate them. So we're cooked. By the way, that Pelicans win, very valuable for New Orleans. Not only did it pretty much lock them into the play-in, it also pushed the Lakers into the top 10 of the draft. The Pelicans get that Lakers draft pick if it stays in the top 10. It's number eight right now. That is a 23% chance of being a top four pick for New Orleans. Memphis was supposed to get this pick, and it was going to be like the 25th pick or something. Instead, the Pelicans, big win for them. Lakers are done. And on top of that, um, I just want to note that Magic Johnson came on TV and was basically like, they're going to have to figure out if Anthony Davis can play, because if not, maybe he's going to need to go somewhere else. That's not coming out if there's no background to it. Just, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Like, that's coming from somewhere. Magic's not just spouting off. Uh, He's still connected to the Lakers. I thought that was notable. Um, Elsewhere, in teams that are actually good at basketball, the Miami Heat got big win on Sunday night versus the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry's return to Toronto. The entire city celebrated. They declared it Kyle Lowry day. Um, It was a whole big deal, but the heat were able to pull away late. So Raheem, the heat now are in very good position to secure the number one seed in the Eastern 
conference. Their magic number is two. Two more wins, losses by Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, and one win, et cetera. They're in a really good spot to secure the one seed. However, currently, currently, the Brooklyn Nets are in ninth, which means they can't get seventh, and the highest they could get is the one seed. So my question for you as somebody that has been lukewarm for most of the year on the Miami heat, and you have been less critical of the Brooklyn nets than some people on this podcast, notably me. Um, If the Miami heat do wind up getting the Brooklyn nets, let's say the nets do manage to win a game in the play-in or two, if they are the nine seed, they win two games in the play and they get the eight seed. What are your thoughts on a heat nets matchup? And how does that impact if somebody's thinking about betting the heat to come out of the East or the nets for that matter? Over the past week, I've kind of come down on the nets and a big part of it is their defense. Like this team can't consistently get stops. And if you have a team that can't consistently get stops, that means you can't close games and you also can't make up the gap when you're behind. So, I mean, this team since the all-star break, they're giving up 116 points per under possession. That's 24th among NBA teams. And even though the offense is rolling, it doesn't matter if you just can't, you can't slow down teams to end the game. So when I look at this Miami Heat team, I have been critical of them. But if there's one thing we know that they can do is they can play some defense. Look, all you got to do is slow down this team's efficiencies. And when I look at this Nets team, you're going to need 60, 65, 70, 80 points from Kyrie and Kevin Durant in order to win games. And ever since the mandate was lifted, Kyrie Irving started playing every day. He's just 38 of 105 from the field. I mean, he's really struggling. 36%. So I love Kevin Durant, but he's not a James Harden. He's not a Luka Doncic. He's not a LeBron James in that you can kind of have that heliocentric offense where he can make plays for everybody. We've seen him getting trapped more and more. And if you can kind of just lower everybody else's efficiency slightly, then you can beat this next team. They can't rebound. They can't stop anybody. I'm, I'm leaning towards the the heat in this series should they play notably in this. So nobody, nobody stops Kevin Durant. Nobody, 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 nobody. He's amazing. Yeah. But if you're like, who are the list of dudes that you want to defend Kevin Durant? Like it starts with Kawhi. Right. And you go on down that list and somewhere on that list, even at this age is PJ Tucker, who of course the Miami heat have. So uh, Duncan Robinson, not going to be his series. Katie and Kyrie will hunt his ass on switches all day long. But um, I do wonder if the combined power of Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, of resurgent Victor Oladipo, who had himself a game on Sunday, uh, if that's going to be enough to get him past it. We'll have to see what the number and, is. And you know, you know, I'll add to that. I'll add to that. If there's one guy I want on Kyrie Irving, it might be Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Because Kyle Lowry is going to make him work on both sides of the court. Yep. 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 So the Nets are going to be favored in that series, you realize, if they win the eight seed. The Nets are going to be favored in that series. I'm just telling you right now, Ryan, we're, like, we're going to have to bet heat. Like, the value is going to be, we're going to have to. We're not going to yeah. have any choice. I'm going to hate every second of it. I'm going to hate, hate, hate betting on the Miami Heat to beat the Brooklyn Nets, but the value is going to be too good. We're not, we're not getting a plus number on, on Brooklyn no matter what. It's going to end up being like a six, seven game series. It's going to be some games to where the Nets are going to just, outscored them and there's going to be games where it's just vice versa. So, yeah. and look, Brooklyn could still wind up in the seven that there's a lot of scenarios in which they wind up in the seven spot. 
We'll talk about all those next week when the seedings get sorted out. For now, last piece of tip off. Sunday night, the Los Angeles Clippers beat the New Orleans Pelicans, kind of showing the separation between those two teams. Pelicans have been a good story. They're going to make the play in. Congratulations to them. Really great recovery after a 1 and 13 start. However, it clearly showed the Clippers are a step above. The Clippers are now locked into the eighth seed um, in terms of the play in tournament. They'll have two chances to get into the playoffs. We'd have to expect that they make it either versus the Suns or potentially versus the Memphis Grizzlies. So that brings us to this question. Paul George is back. Norman Powell is coming back, according to the Clippers. Like the Clippers players were like, yeah, Powell's close. He's, he might be back. No word on Kawhi, because there's not going to be any word on Kawhi until he just shows up one day. It's going to be no word. No, they're not even going to update the injury report. It's just going to be, he's going to be out there for starting. He's not going to come out for shoot around. He's not going to come out for layup line. But then all of a sudden, everybody's going to be like, wait, Kawhi Leonard's on the court and is starting for the Clipper. What is happening? And that's how Kawhi will come back. Um, that leads us to this question, the big picture for the week, which is, do the NBA quote-unquote dark horses, which is really weird for these teams, a.k.a. the playing teams, do they have a shot? But you're not explaining the I am explaining. These two teams are losers. Right. The two losers are going to play each other. The two half losers are going to play each hey, other. Hey, which one should we watch? The pointer or your thing? So, we're going to start, Raheem, with the Los Angeles Clippers. So, they're plus 2,500 to win the Western Conference. 25 to 1. They're going to be in the eighth spot no matter what. They can't move down to nine, so they're going to have two shots at making it into the playoffs outright. I'll ask you this in the play-in tournament first. Let's start here. Will they be favored if the Denver Nuggets fall to seven or if the Minnesota Timberwolves stay there? Who's favored in a Paul George Clippers on the road versus the Nuggets or Timberwolves play-in game next week? Who do you think is favored? I think this Timberwolves team is just, they're really good this year. They have a ton of weapons. I still have concerns about the Clippers' ability to score. I know they've had offensive outbursts over the last week or so since Paul George's return. But, I mean, this is a guy who's still on a minutes restriction right now. I know Powell is coming back, but Carl Towns is the best player in this series right now. I know Paul George has the pedigree. He's been doing it for years. But Carl Towns right now is just absolutely dominant. The Wolves don't have the experience, but I'm going with you for it. Okay. What if it's Denver or, in hilarious fashion, the Utah Jazz? I'm going to give the Utah Jazz the benefit of the doubt. Like, they were up 25 on the Clippers last week before blowing that lead. They had 21-point lead. Wait, hang on. And then what happened? <laughs> I mean, they, they've been blowing leads. So, but when it comes to the Nuggets, Look, when you have an MVP and Nikola Jokic, I can't count you out. To me, I'm pricing him in the same way I would LeBron James or Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I'm never counting out the Nuggets as long as they have the best player. So and I just don't think they have enough with um, Zubak and, and Hartenstein to really slow down Jokic. Okay. All right. So let me ask this. What, how does this change if Kawhi comes back? It's a different ballgame. I mean, already they're stacked with wins. But, I mean, you add a guy who is basically Robo the modern-day Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Robo-Jordan, as you call him. Um, so this is the big question then. Possible Kawhi comes back. Ty Lue said yeah. a couple weeks ago that he didn't think he was coming back. They have not ruled him out. So my question here is, is it better 
if you like, if you're looking at this and you're like, I want to be ahead of it. I want to be ahead of that market move to get them a 25 to one now or wait and just accept the fact that this is going to go probably, I mean, you're still going to probably get 10 to one, even if Kawhi comes back. I think you, you got to jump on it now because okay. even if the Clippers win a playing game, their odds are going to go down. Okay. You open yourself up to the possibility of catching an early number and then having this go down to 10 to one with Kawhi or Kawhi not coming back and then they win a playing game and then you can cash out. Um, I bet Bucks Clippers finals matchup uh, way back in January when it was like Kawhi's not done. Basically, that started to be the verbal. I got that at 50 to one. So I, I am hedged appropriately on this on 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 the long shot prospect of the Clippers. Um, OK, OK. All right. So you think if you're going to bet the Clippers, you should bet them bet them now. Uh, before Kawhi comes back, if you think he's coming back. If you don't think he's coming back, it's a no bet, right? Yeah. Uh, how does this change if they're the eight seed rather than the seven? So, look, Suns have been a beast. Suns have been an absolute. They've, they've been a machine. They've been every juggernaut, whatever word you want to use. But if Kawhi comes back and it's a switching team that gave them a lot of trouble last year, in that one eight, does that scare you at all? Eight, let's, let's take out the Clippers from this perspective. Does that scare you at all for the Suns? It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> Chris Paul just came back, and I know the, the, the Suns are coasting, but the Clippers played them tough. Like, they played, played them so tough, and they were really an alley-oop away from that being, like, a, a seven-game series. So I, I think you have to really, really be scared for the Suns in, in that scenario. Next up. In our tour of the NBA dark horses, you know, those NBA dark horse, those out of nowhere. Oh, yes. We're back to those Brooklyn Nets. Brandon, the Nets somehow are very likely to be in the nine seed and are, they're going to have to win two play in games. And they're still the second favorite to win the Eastern Conference at plus 360 over at FanDuel. Um, they hold the tiebreaker over the Hawks, but they're one game back of them. Here, here's what, how it's going to work. Miami's going to get the one. The magic number's two. Talk about that. Two, three, four are going to be Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. So one of those three teams is going to be the two seed. Either the Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, or the Philadelphia 76ers. Is there more value on the Nets if they get the eight seed and have to face Miami rather than the seven? having to go against one of those three teams. Yes, but the semantics are important here. Okay. There is value on the Nets as the eighth seed if the playoffs are starting right now and they have gotten out of the play-in as the eighth seed. Yes, mm. now, now I like Brooklyn's path better. Now I know they're locked into a series against Miami. I think that's probably the ideal outcome given the four options right now. And you know what the next path is, who the four seed would be after that. However, right now on Monday with the week of the season to go, we can't bet that because we don't know still what will the playoff bracket look like? Will they be the eight seed? Will they even have a shot at the seven seed? I would guess no right now. I think the Hawks are going to stay above them. We'll come back to Atlanta, I know. But to your question, yes, if Brooklyn 
has escaped the play-in and now is the eight seed, that moment then I could see a little bit of potential value. We talked about, you guys just said with the Clippers, don't wait around because as soon as they win a play-in, as soon as Kawhi comes back, that number disappears. The Nets number can't disappear. Like there's no number to go away. Look, if the play-in, if Brooklyn is a nine or a 10 seed, Let's say, so they got to win twice now. You have to win both games to make it out of the play-in to the actual playoffs. Just the math on this. If you are a 70% favorite to win those games, maybe both on the road, 70% is not small. That's like a six or seven point favorite. You're 50-50 to make it out of the play-in into the playoffs. And there's no way that the number right now, that plus 360, that's not going to cut in half. Like there's no way that that 50, 50 ish odds are being factored in correctly. The number would drop some, but there's, there's not much room for it to drop. So I will continue to say, as I've said, as we've said, you can't bet Nets futures right now. There's just no value on the number. There could be some value in the scenario said, Matt, where they do get to the eight seed proper and we have a bracket. So I guess, yeah, that's my question is, all right, what do we think this number goes to? That's that's the challenge that I have is if they're still plus 360 when they are two games away, no matter what, from elimination. Right. Yeah. Like even if they're in the eight or even if they, they manage to get up to the eight spot, if they lose to the Cavaliers, it's going to be the Cavaliers. If they lose to the Cavs, right, in a seven, eight, and then Trey Young comes in and goes bonkers and Bogdanovich goes off and Clint Capella eats. And all of a sudden it's like, oh no, <laughs> you know, so it's daunting. But let's say that they, they, they do get out. The question I have is like, what does this number go to? Yeah. Like, that's where I really don't know how to figure this is like, does at plus 360, what is their implied number jump to? Are they plus 175 yeah. to win the conference again? I, I, I really don't think it's going to drop that much. Just to illustrate how bad the plus 360 is right now. So the implied odds on that is 21.7%. That's the odds we're giving right now, the Brooklyn Nets on coming out of the East. Here's the math on what it would take to get to that number. Assuming they're the nine or 10 seed, So they've got to win twice and then win three playoff series. If they are an 85% favorite to win a play-in game and then 85% to win the next play-in game, that is overwhelmingly massive favorites. But if they're 85%, both of those, and now 66%, so two to one odds to win each one of the three series. That's against three of Miami, Boston, Philly, and Milwaukee. There's no way that they're the numbers I just said. If they're 85% on two plans and then two to one, they get to 21.4% to win these, like exactly the number we're at. That's the sort of absurd math we have to do. Like we have to make the Nets so overwhelmingly the favorite in any of these spots, a play-in or a series to get out of that. I, the, the math is so far off that I don't know how far you'd have to move the number for this to make any sense for you to play it. Here, here's one way that you might be able to play it. The Nets are guaranteed to start all three playoffs. Whatever playoff series they play in, they're starting on the road. So there's a good chance that they go down early in a series you might be able to lose game one on the road and now look at a net series price, maybe finally with a plus number. Could we finally get a plus number on the nets down 0-1 in a playoff series? 
that maybe is an angle that you could get. Okay. I like that. I, I like that. Yeah. Playing game by game, mm-hmm. playing a series once they've gone down on the road. Okay. I don't right. mind that if you like them. That's got to be the move. That's got to be the move. So, Raheem, what do you think that the, the East title odds for the Nets move to if they make it out of the plan? Regardless, like, give me an average between the, the, between the seven and the eight. Because they're going to be they, – it's weird. They'll, I think they would actually be better – I think their odds would be shorter versus the one seed versus the two. It's tough to say now because we don't know the seeding. So it's like all of these odds are based on their different playoff series. So right. if they get to the eighth seed, like you said, their odds are better because you're going to be possibly playing Miami, Philadelphia, and then you get the winner of Celtics Bucks based on where we have it now. Whereas if they're at the seventh seed, we're looking at you got the Bucks in the first, you got the Bucks or the Celtics in the first round, and then you got the Bucks or the Celtics in the second round for playing the, I mean, the Heat or the, the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I feel like I, I do love that that spot though, Brandon. I think that you're, you're absolutely right. Is that you wait for them to lose because even if they win Game One, if they lose Game Two on the road, there will still be an adjustment in Brooklyn's favor. So like, let's say that Brooklyn opens that series at like, like they will be favored to win the series. Um, if they win game one, even if they lose game two, they'll still be favored to win the series because they'll have retaken home court, but their East odds after the loss will have to drop. And you'll know that they're in the playoffs. They're not one game away from elimination and you'll get them at a, at a plus number probably. Yep. I think that only applies if they're playing Miami. Okay. Because if they're playing the Celtics or the Bucks, I don't really want to be playing them down in that situation. No. No, I agree. Like, if they're down, then honestly, it's like, I want to see if they can take one of the first two. Because if they go down 0-2 to Milwaukee, I might just be like... <laughs> well, that's a spot where then, if they go down 0-1 to Milwaukee or to Philly, if you feel the same way, then the move is to just play the game to money line. Cause now you're an underdog yeah. on the road. You play the money line and now you don't have to worry. Cause you don't have to worry about the futures anymore. You, you're right. saying the future is dead if we don't win this game. So then you just go for that one game. Like there, there are ways to wait and pick your spot here. If you're out on the nets, by the way, at points bet right now, the nets are plus two fifty to miss the, the postseason. They're miss the playoffs. So to lose in the plan that basically to, they have to make the playoffs 75% of the time or more. If they're not the eight, if they're the nine or 10, have to win twice, you're getting value on that number. So, I mean, look, they literally just lost to the Hornets. They can lose these games. They have to win twice. I think there's value on that number. I'm not saying that I'm betting it, but if you don't like the Nets, there's value there. And I think that's an angle too. I'm not brave enough. I'll just go ahead and tell you that right now. I am not brave enough to do that. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm not brave enough. Um, yeah. I'm- I'm not either. This this is a weird this is such a weird spot to be in. Um, let's talk about the other teams, which are really all in the same kind of like the other teams. Uh, Raheem, let's start with the Cavs. Okay, so last night actually, the Cavs without Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen really took it to Sixers. They had a chance to win that game, got some bad calls late, could not finish it off, uh, could not hit enough threes really to to close out that one. 
Some word today, however, that Jared Allen's prognosis is worse than believed. They thought it was going to be a question of when, not if, and it's gone to an if, not when he's going to return. Um, that's obviously super concerning. I guess my question for you is, how much do you think the Cavs are in danger of losing the play-in period? It's going to be Hawks, Nets, Hornets. They're going to have to win one, just one, of games versus those sets of opponents. What do you think about the Cavs? First for the play-in, what do you think their odds are of getting out of the play-in tournament? I don't think they're going to get out at all. Since the All-Star break, they're just 8-13, and 13, and they have a net rating of minus 3.7. That's worse than any other teams that they possibly would be facing. The Hawks, are they have a 4.0 net rating. They're 13-7. and seven. We look at the Hornets. Even they've improved. And then they got Gordon Hayward back. They're 11-7, and 3.7.4 net rating. Even when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they're 9-10 and 10 with the 1.1 net rating. So this is the worst team in the play-in tournament right now because this is a team that they made their way with defense. And if you don't have Jared Allen, obviously I think Evan Mobley will be back. But, I mean, they're really struggling. This is a team that can't consistently score. The last two games against the New York Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers, they did find something offensive. But I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that you had a shorthanded Knicks team and then you had a Sixers team on the back-to-back. It's tough for this team. They're playing Moses Brown. I mean, who I like, but I mean, he's not the guy that you want to rely on in this situation. The Hawks are the second best offensive team in the league. So you got to keep pace with that. And I just don't know how they're going to do it. Like to me, if you don't have Jared Allen, you're looking at a, a game with offense if they're playing the Hawks. And they, they're not going to be able to outscore the Hawks. So I think you got to look over in that game if those two teams are to play. But, I mean, they're not going to beat the Hawks. They're not going to outscore the Nets. Their best chance would be against the Hornets. But, I mean, you still got to win another game. So, I don't see it. I am just kind of wondering if this is a buy-low spot. Um, but not the only problem is, like, we can't get the odds that we want. What I want to do is I think I want to wait to see the Eastern Conference – matchups see if they can get out of the play in first i don't want to bet them to make the play i already have hedged this perfectly i got them to make the playoffs after like the first month and a half of the season when the books had them huge and then i hedged against them when the Cavs were i think in the four spot i could see this coming i was like once the injury started racking up i was like um Cavs might lose steam here and so i hedged them out at like 10 to 1 to miss the playoffs so like i have like thanos i have everything perfectly balanced um I do think, however, that the buy low spots are not going to be obvious. Otherwise, they wouldn't be buy low. And I yeah. do kind of wonder if they're a team that's just like, we're going to look up in two weeks and be like, whoa, this is a 2-2 series. So, like, depending on the matchup, I want to try and find a team that potentially they might be able to hang with. Brandon, I see you shaking your head. Before, before you go to him, how can you even buy low on them when their eyes to make the playoffs is minus 215? Right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you get to wait. I think you got to wait until they get it to see if they make the playoffs. But they're going to be such big dogs in what if they're let's say that they're in the seven. They're going to be huge dogs in the two seven or let's say the Nets go into the eight and they beat the Cavs in the first game and the Cavs beat the Hornets in the in the second one for the eight spot. And they play Miami and you got Miami's. We have had. Questions about their offense all year long. And you got Miami's offense versus all that size on the interior for the Cavs. 
if they get Jared Allen back. Like, you tell me you don't think that the Cavs can make it a, maybe not. I think they can make it a tough series against Miami. Okay. Brandon's grimacing. I think Brandon thinks this is probably going to be a, a gentleman's sweep kind of situation. I don't know if there's going to be any gentlemen around for the sweep. Yikes. Uh, I, I think yeah. that the Cavs can win one postseason game. Okay. And if Darius Garland goes off, they could win a game to escape the play in. And I, I love you, Cleveland. I've enjoyed watching Garland. I've, I love Evan Mobley. I, as an NBA fan that wants to see interesting playoffs, I think that we have to root against the Cavs. Like, oh. I, I don't see how that how they are an interesting playoff series. I, no, I, I won't go that far. I man, against slapped. Man, Darius Garland keeps them in games. Man, absolutely, he does. He's been so damn good, and like, he just makes it's, stuff it's happen. Jared Allen, Jared Allen, and Mobley here. That's an interesting series against anybody. Yeah, yeah, even yeah if, but Jared, even if it's, we're going even if it's four Jared. wins. We're going from Jared Allen not even being likely to play to counting on him to be all-star Jared Allen. That is a huge leap for a big man. And this team has never had a, no postseason experience as that reads to me, NBA TV series that we check out on halfway through game two. I, I just think they'd be fried. Brandon, the Hawks frustrating team this year had a lot on their over lost on that unimpressive, but they could still wind up as high as the seventh seed they might have a rematch versus the Sixers like Trey young, explosive talent, a lot of offense. Do, do you think the Hawks have any chance at making the surprise run? I don't know about a surprise run. I think here's the scenario. I like right now, Atlanta is plus plus one twenty to make the 16 team playoff at bat rivers. I like that okay. because I actually think Atlanta has a decent shot of passing Cleveland this week. The Hawks could go four and zero. They have a winnable schedule left. The Cavs would have to go two and one to to stay ahead of them because Atlanta's the tie break. Atlanta beat Cleveland three out of four this year. I think Atlanta would beat Cleveland in a play in, and even whether it's road or home, that makes them the seventh seed. Hawks are twenty four and twelve since mid January, and like they're impressive or not, they're winning games. That you know that's two out of every three. Yeah. So I don't think Atlanta's falling to the nine or ten. That means to make the playoffs, all they have to do is win once against Cavs, Nets, or Hornets. Are they losing twice to those three teams? I don't see it. So I like the plus 120 there. The problem is this. I like them to make the seventh seed, but because I like them to make the seventh seed, I don't like the path that much. If you could make the eighth seed and play Miami and then maybe Philly in the second round if the bracket shapes up right, maybe there's a run there. I don't mind them in either of those matchups. Mm. If it is two seven against Philly, I don't hate that matchup. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I think Philly is stealth tanking to make sure that they don't accidentally play the Nets in the first round. So I don't <laughs> think the Sixers are going to be the two seed. But I, Atlanta to make the playoffs, I like Atlanta to be live or you know, like you say, Matt, to to play the games that you know the plus two and a half games or something against Miami or Philly. I think they're mm-hmm. live. It's a gritty team. We saw what they did last year. They're there to me, the way you guys talked about the Cavs and making a series of it, the Hawks to me are the team where it's two, two. And it's like, I don't know. We got Trey young. You never know with three games left. One thing I will say is that I think if to me, a good way to play the Hawks into the playoffs, I would rather play the Cavs to miss the playoffs. At, and the no is plus one seventy two right now. Um, I think that's the, that's the value to me more than the Hawks, because look, 
the Cavs are going to have to, they're going to have to beat the Hawks or the Nets. I don't see them beating either. At plus 172, I think you got good value on that. Now, to, to make a counter on your Hawks point in terms of them passing the Cavs, the Cavs, they do have to go two on one, but they have the Orlando Magic, they have the Brooklyn Nets, and then they have the Bucks on the last game of the season. I don't expect the Bucs to play anybody on the last game of the season. Two on one is like realistic. Um, so it's just like that's kind of why I don't necessarily want to play the Hawks at plus 110. To me, I would rather just play them in the playing game. Yeah, I don't mind that. The only way Atlanta makes the playoffs and the, and the Cavs also make the playoffs is if the Nets lost either to the Hornets or the Cavs, which is obviously unlikely. So unless you think that would happen, then betting the Cavs to miss rather than the Hawks to make. That yeah, number is better. That, that makes sense to me. We got the Denver Nuggets or the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm not going to include the Jazz for right now. We don't have time in our lives to go through all the things with the Utah Jazz right now. Good God, that team is in the bad place. Um, we're fading the Jazz. I'm not letting either of you bet on the Utah. No, just, just so we're aware, anybody brings in the, you know, I'm looking at Utah. And I'm, no, we're, we're going to shut yeah. that down on this. On this I can see Brandon. You no, know, Brandon's already thinking about it. Do it. I'm done with the Jazz. Ooh. Um, buy but, low spot. It is a buy low spot for sure. It is low. The stock <laughs> is low. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Uh, all right, Rob. One thing, one thing I will say, for a lot of those Jazz losses, they missed Boyan. They were 3-9 this year. It's either going to be Wolves or Nuggets in the plan. It's probably going to be Wolves. Nuggets' magic number is two. Um, I am waiting on pins and needles for an injury report out of Denver today and tomorrow. Um, I, I don't think it's in – I'll just tell you, I'm not – I haven't been told that Jamal Murray is going to return. I haven't been given – I'm not reporting it. I am just telling you that reading tea leaves, I'm very interested in what the injury report's going to look like this week for the Denver Nuggets. And I think there's a very good chance that Jamal Murray's going to pop up on it as something other than out. So factoring that in, factoring so in the Wolves. We, 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 should, we should bet the, bet the Nuggets to win the championship. <laughs> I've already got those tickets. <laughs> I can't cash them out. So I'm just I'm stuck with them. Um, my question for you is this. I think for the Wolves, the, the my spot that I've targeted all year is I'm hoping they get the seven spot, that they beat the Clippers in that first play-in tournament game. They get the seven, they face Memphis. I love that matchup for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that they are able to hang in that series. I will bet them on the win line, and I will probably sprinkle a touch on what I'm sure is going to be a massive, massive uh, series money line. So. Rod, let's talk about Wolves first. What do you think is the way to play the Wolves? And my bigger question, I think, for, for me is, like, if they get the eight, that I don't like. I'm, that's going to be, like, I don't even know if I'm going to touch Suns Wolves if it winds up being that. I don't think I'm going to bet it either, any which way. Yeah, I would not touch it, touch it there either. The Wolves fall into the seven. I, I completely agree with everything you said. I think this Wolves team... They're a problem for for anybody except for the Suns. I mean, this is a team which they force the second most turnovers in the league right now in defense. You have a team who's one of the best three point shooting teams in the league. Offensively, I, I love this team. I'll be honest with you, and I think you got a guy, a guy in Carl Anthony Towns. If he doesn't get into foul trouble, you always got to be worried about. So, I, I'm, I'm totally on the same page as you, Brandon. Wolves hater extraordinaire, doubter. 
not one of the believers like me. By the way, I have a sizable position on the Wolves to be in the play-in tournament. And the fact that I'm having to sweat these final two Nuggets games is making me nauseous. And I'm going to have to hedge, and I hate it. Um, what are your thoughts on the Wolves from a betting perspective here? The Wolves have won me over. You got, you're right. You guys have been ahead of me on the Wolves. But the Timberwolves are tied, basically tied with the Bucks in net rating and SRS for yep. seventh best in the NBA, not just the West. Mm-hmm. Like, with the Bucks. And we know, we know the Bucks, everything. but. Seventh is very good. Like that's, that's very good. So in the notes, you asked how important is it for the wolves to get the seventh seed? It is everything for Minnesota to get the seventh seed. Here's why outside of the Kevin Garnett era, the Timberwolves have one postseason win ever, ever this win, winning a plan to get the seventh seed would legitimately be, without question, a top five win in franchise history. Here's the list. 2004, game seven against the Kings. The list is over. It's like the next game after that. Game 82 against the Nuggets. That's probably the other one from a few years ago. Winning Mm -hmm. that game to get into the seventh seed. And then, because I agree with you, you get the eighth seed. You go out with a whimper. They're 0-3 against the Suns. 2018, the only other postseason berth without KG was the Rockets. They went out with the whimper. They got their one other win. This team is too good for that. This team needs to be better than that for the franchise. You get the seven seed, they're taking at least two games off the Grizzlies. And that is a live series. I agree. You win a play-in, you take two off of Memphis. This is a top three season in franchise history. This team is that good. They need to do that. They have to get the seven and win the play-in. I will say though, this is a really bad road team. Like the 25 and 13 at home, 20 and 21 on a road. So the way I'm going to be approaching them in the playoffs is that I'll probably be fading them in one of the first two games. And then I'm going to be coming back on them at home. So the first half angles is pretty much dead now. But I think you could take them in game three against anybody and you'll find yourself in a good spot. I like it. I like that a lot. Um, real quickly, I'm going to touch on the Nuggets just here quickly. I'll just tell you, look, their defense is going to absolute shit. Uh, their point of attack defense is the worst in the NBA. It's worse than the Rockets right now. I'm not kidding. Like, I cannot trust this team. They get Murray back. That's not going to change. So there's nothing that's going to get me to make a a long-term play on Denver. If it's Warriors, Nuggets, and Curry just can't get back, that changes a lot of the equations for me, but I'm going to have to play it by ear. Like, that's what you're going to have to do here is just – there's a decent chance this winds up being four Dallas, five Denver, and I'm smashing Dallas in that spot. I'm going to absolutely smash Dallas. That might be, I might go Dallas minus two and a half on an alternate line on the win total there. That might be my play is just to bet them to sweep or gentlemen sweep Denver. I just don't think Denver has it. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see, but that's where I'm at with the Denver Nuggets. Let's go wrap it up for buckets for a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back Tuesday night, seven o'clock Eastern, the workshop live on action network, YouTube Wednesday night, seven o'clock Eastern, the workshop breaking down the Thursday slate live on YouTube. And then in your podcast feeds the following day, Friday, 
big picture where we're heading into the final weekend of the season. We'll break down the scenarios. I'm going to be doing another video where I talk about if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. All that stuff going to be breaking it down again. We'll have you covered. We'll have playoff previews next week. We'll have play-in coverage next week. We're starting the play-in tournament podcast on Monday. We're doing futures on Monday. The playoffs are here. I'm excited. Thank you for joining us. Let's get buckets.